Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to Back Up Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. My name is Carl, and today with me, we have the one and only Femi. How are you, Femi? Oh, you took me by surprise there. I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Ready to get my voice working again. Had a little rest of the voice over the summer. So, raring to go. Good, good. And we have a guest with us today. You've probably seen him around. He's been hiding from the sun because, as you know, he's ginger. And gingers don't do too well in the sun. And I'm assuming that in this 40-degree heat, he's been hiding under his pillow or under a rock somewhere because he doesn't want to get a suntan. Uh, it's Josh. Josh, how we, we speak all the time in the group. I don't think I've podded with you in a very long time. Has Danny been bullying you again? No, I think um, I think I had a reasonable hairline the last time I uh, I podded on here. Um, it's now two and a half slapheads. I think is the uh, title of the pod this week. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's been good. Um, yeah, obviously been hiding away from the sun um, as much as possible and enjoying the fact that my office has air conditioning. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. I, I'm loving this heat wave. Uh, that makes one of us because I'm not. I don't do heat. I, I hate this heat. It's like, do you know what the thing is? Like, this heat in another country is absolutely gorgeous, absolutely lovely. Like, give me this heat in Jamaica or America, like Miami. I'll take it all day. But the heat in England is just stifling. It just stays in, especially in London. It just stays here. It doesn't go anywhere. And that's what I don't like. It's, uh, you need to join us on the south coast, Carl. The uh, the sea is literally a stone's throw away now from uh, how close I am to it now. It's just amazing. It's so yeah, much better. And what, so what? It's like you, uh, you know, I've been sweating since it's been, what, like 17 degrees in the morning when I walked to the station. I mean, it'd make Prince Andrew cry in envy. I'm sweating that much. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> it's moving on. And uh, last but not no means least the man who makes all this possible the button pusher himself it's danny the gfp danny how's your new yes. light my new lights are the tickety boo they're wonderful and if people want to know what it is i've done a little video if someone wants to stalk me it's even easier to find out where my house is now i did a video at the front of my uh, the lights at the front of my house but yeah, they're, they're lovely carl how are you i mean considering you said that if one of us was shitting in your garden um, you wouldn't say hello. I don't think that you would care if anyone come to your house. And for anyone in context, um, I think our dear friend Ellis is near, near where Chris lives. And I think Danny was moaning that Ellis didn't go and see Chris. And Danny said in one of our, one of our WhatsApp groups that if one of us was shitting in his garden, he wouldn't wait at us. No, that you, none of you fuckers would come and say hello. You're just a weird one, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> we are here to obviously talk about Arsenal and 
the ever uh, merry-go-round of transfers. Because let's be honest, all anyone is interested in at the moment is transfers. So I guess that's where we'll start. And then we'll talk about the pre-season um, f- uh, friendly that we had against Everton and also the one this evening or whenever you listen to this uh, with Orlando, I want to say it is. Yeah. Uh, yep. Today? 12.30. 12.30, which I was just discussing with Femi. I don't know if I'm going to stay up for it because... I don't know if I can be bothered or whether I'm that really interested to be honest, but yeah. are you going to, are you going to sleep in this heat, Carl? You might as well just watch it. And if it's a boring game, the perfect lullaby for you to fall asleep to. Let me be very honest. Last night was the worst night's sleep I've ever had because it keeps threatening to rain and it hasn't rained once down here. We were doing that last night. We were all in WhatsApp and we were, um, giving everyone updates on what the weather was like. John was saying, I'm outside, and you were saying, you're waiting for no bloody rain, and I was saying, there's rain in here. Like, like old men moaning at midnight about the state of the weather, all praying for rain. Yeah, it was just, it was horrible. But yeah, you never know, I might stay up. But Josh, let's uh, start with you. Um, so we talk about the Jesus signing um, because that's what everyone's excited about. Um, now we finally got him and you've seen him in Arsenal colours and you've seen him play two games of football. How do you feel that he's going to sort of transform us from what we, the strikers we had last season, obviously, like I said, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and a for a little bit to what we've kind of got now? I think he's going to be a striker at the level that, thinking of strikers of yesteryear, it's going to have a similar impact to Eduardo, I think. Um, you know, similar kind of player, both obviously uh, Brazilian as well. I think that's where we're going to see just this player that has got that kind of instinct, uh, that wants to score goals and has also got that kind of movement that I think it was amazing. You saw that, you know, he came straight on in his first game and he'd shown what we'd wanted from Lacazette all during his entire duration at Arsenal. And the same from Aubameyang as well, was that give and go. He could give, but he couldn't go. Or he could go, but not give. And we've got a player that can do both things now. And yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the signing and to see him playing in the Premier League. And especially because all of the um, Spurs commentators on The Athletic have been playing down how it's not a great signing. And Richarlison's better. Um, so what more can we have that lots of Spurs people eating humble pie can't be better did you see any of you see that um, one of the I think 90 minutes or goal or one of those Muppets tweeted a picture of um, Man United Man City Chelsea and Spurs and their strikers and said which one's going to score the most goals this season I thought we're now not even included in the big six there's just those five teams I thought we've got hey who's the man's a bloody he's a goal scorer but if he scored more in one game than some of those go on they do it on purpose because they know that Arsenal have the big one of the ah. biggest fan bases on Twitter, so they know they're going to get a reaction and things like that. All these things are really mm. subtle, like when they do that because they know someone's going to retweet that, and then Arsenal fans are going to have loads of interaction and loads of tweets, so that builds up their following as well. So, the all talk sport effect, effect. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, it's like uh, oh, Jesus only scored 14 goals in the league last season, and like. Yeah, that would have done fucking great for us if we had a striker that was scored 14 <laughs> goals for us last season. We'd have been, we would have finished in the Champions League. I don't think people realise how much this signing is going to push the needle for us. Is we, it's going to be revolutionary almost. Very true. Um, Femi, I 
I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Like, mm. for me, we've got, like, a very small, pacey striker in Eddie and a very small, pacey striker in Jesus as well. Do you think that maybe, and I know this is probably pushing the boat out there, do you think maybe we need a probably another striker or someone who can play differently, like a someone who's tall and can hold the ball up? Because even if, like, um, for some reason, we're playing against a team with playing a low block and we've got Jesus and he just can't get in behind. And then you bring on Eddie. Isn't he kind of the same player? Yeah, but I think from from Arteta was asked this, uh, I think, in one of these re- recent interviews. And what he said was, these players are perfect for the style that we want to play. And one thing that I did notice in the game that Josh was talking about when um, he came on as a sub, they actually played together up front. Not not one wide. They both played together up front, and I think in the second half of the the game against who did we play last? Everton. I noticed that Pepe played directly up front with Eddie. So I think you can negate some of those fears of okay, it's if one way is not working, just throw on two strikers. Um, not many teams do it now. It's it's a, it causes it can cause kind of especially when you got two pacey, ready to close down strikers it kind of changes the dynamic of a game. And remember, you're, you're working with five subs now as well. I think you can, you, you know, just change that little tweak can, can kind of, especially someone like Eddie, he, I think he'll thrive with, with two strikers, with a player coming short, linking, giving him the ball. You know, one thing about Jesus as well, he's he's got good assist stats as well. So he can he can thread balls in, um, he, can, he can find a pass, he can find a through ball. So, you know, a lot of people worry about that, but I just don't see how we're going to fit another striker into the into this team, to be honest with you. It would just be like a waste, just a, a super sub, basically, coming on every now and then. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we're obviously going to have a lot more games this season than we did last season. We literally were playing one game a week. And I think with this season being all messed up, especially with the World Cup, Josh, do you feel that maybe there is a need? Because at the moment, our squad is quite heavy. I think there's 30 players like in America. And obviously, we're not expecting all of those 30 players to still be with the club. You know, there's a lot of outgrowings that will, should happen. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, do you feel that rotation will be the name of the game this season? Yeah, absolutely. It's the uh, five subs rule that's come into uh effect and we're playing more or less every three days or so i remember when we saw the fixture list come out and uh we were just like this is ridiculous even before you know tv has uh got his oar in and shifted some of these fixtures around it's gonna be really interesting just to see how often you can see it with the signings we're making as well a lot of them are kind of pushing that first team it's like um i think everybody on twitter today has seen that tweet about uh mr uh, martin odegaard and uh, whether or not he'd be starting for us and whether or not to give him the captain's armband but it shows the quality that we're bringing in a player like Vieira, who we're not actually sure who would come in or out for him but we know that he would be knocking on the door of that starting 11 because you don't pay that kind of money for a kid to sit on the bench I mean, yeah, Danny, like, uh, I'll come to you. At the moment, there's a lot of competition for places, but isn't that not what you want in a squad? You don't want people to 
just think to themselves, do you know what, I'm first team, so I know I'm going to get in regardless. You kind of want each player to be fighting. I mean, we've got a healthy competition at centre-back. We've got healthy competition sort of in midfield um, and also up front as well because Eddie's definitely going to want to try and get above Jesus in the starting order. He probably knows he's not going to start there, but the better that he plays in training, the better that he trains, surely he's going to be knocking on that door of of, uh, Arteta thinking, oh, you know, I've got a real problem here because I've I've got so many players who are quite good, I don't know who to play. It all depends on what sort of system he's going to go for. Um, Remember back in the day, um, Arsenal had their way under Wenger of playing great football and then Wenger went, oh, Barcelona, I quite like the way they play football. And as soon as we started getting in the Seven Dwarves and playing that way, football changed. I just hope Arteta isn't doing the same thing. Go and look at Man City for the last two seasons, playing without a main striker and now going, oh, actually, I want to copy that. And now, as soon as Man City are moving to having a main striker, because as good as Haaland is, he's, he's going to struggle at first in the Premier League, but he's still going to be fantastic. But they're changing the way we play. they play football. And so it, I just hope that if he's going to go and do that kind of football, that it's going to work. It's not going to end up like Wenger in the Barcelona tiki-taka way. Uh, and so if, if it's going to go that way, then we'd be fine because all of our players up front, we saw at the end of last season, Eddie, when he was first coming in, he was playing wide. Pepe's wide. Martinelli can play wide. Uh, uh, Jesus can play wide. They can all play, in even Saka, and uh, all of that lot can all play anywhere across the front three. And I think that's the kind of... Oh, pardon me. I think that's the kind of formation style that he is going to be going for. And I've been attacked by a fly damn them uh, so if that is the way that he's going to go I think that will work because you're going to have an understudy in, in Ketia you'll have an understudy in Balogun until I think maybe Balogun will go on loan for the second half of the season because we could need him because like Femi was saying we need someone tall who's going to be there who can, who's going to be good in the air who can do all that kind of stuff so I think great start first part of the season you've got some League Cup games you've got the Europa League games you've got the early part of the Premier League and then the second part of the season I think he'll reevaluate stuff in the January transfer window and see whether he does need someone big up front but I'm, I'm the one thing we needed last season, like Joshua was alluding to, we just needed a handful of goals. We've now got that. You've seen how accurate, how deadly he is. I mean, that first goal against um, Everton in, in, in America, the angle that he put that in at, and then he set up Saka for that goal. Oh, oh we could have literally, and I do mean literally, had, had, had someone do that for two games last season, we'd have got Champions League football. That's all we needed, and we've got it already. And it's, I'm actually excited. And if you if you look at what you're saying about Man City, if you look at Man City and Liverpool, they don't have two players for every position. They kind of have three players for every position. So when you look at the amount of centre-backs, I mean, our fan base, I don't know why they're crying about this Saliba-Ben White thing. It, it, I just ignore it when I see it online now because I'm like, we're just not. We've been used to poverty for so long as football, as fans, that we can't get used to the idea that you have multiple players look at Liverpool Gomez just signed a new deal he literally does not he hardly played last season they got Gomez they got Matip and they got is it Canate and um, Van Dyke as centre-backs that's that's you know those four would probably start in most other clubs you know they're rotating them Um, Man City look at the amount of midfielders they got Silva uh, Bernardo they've got Rodri, just all of them, name them, just reel them off. And that's the kind of rotational type of system and play that we have to have because what you don't want to be is in a season 
you've done your transfers and then you're stuck basically where you, not nothing's working but where you have loads of options you can try loads of different things i think that's the room that that they're kind of giving themselves and i also think that you know with the europa league games and then correct me if i'm wrong josh are we playing the europa league group games every week until the world cup i'm sure that you play six games all in a row don't you i'm sure it's every yeah. six weeks there's no gap you know usually there's about two games in a gap uh there is no gap this year so i guess depending on the kind of group that we get in the europe league a little experimentation can kind of happen in there you know bringing other people in and playing people in different positions or bringing them in um to play like little link up to see who goes well with each other i mean i'm not saying any game is a given that we're going to just clean the floor with players but sorry with um with other teams but surely that is kind of a little bit experimentation for Arteta to do yeah I think so and it's also I think it's gonna be the one big thing that one of my major criticisms of uh, Arteta was the lack of rotation we've seen and keeping the whole squad fresh that he's gonna have to do that this season and I think with the Europa League there it gives an opportunity to rest players that may not have necessarily seen a rest last season. We saw you know, the worries we had about Saka. Well, we've got some people in now who can take that position. And I'm less worried about saying, oh, you know, if he's still at the club, Nicolas Pepe, oh, he has to go and play the Europa League. So we give Saka that rest he needs. Far more comfortable doing that, whether or not Arteta has evolved to that point. I think that's going to be the real test for how he keeps the whole squad fresh and doesn't kind of, I suppose every manager will have it this season, but especially with Arteta, that how he keeps the entire squad fresh, but also maintaining the high standard that we need to get into the Champions League. Yeah, um, just speaking about keeping players fresh, I just want to touch on the Everton game really, really quickly. Um, for some unknown reason, Everton thought that this was a league game because I don't know if anyone watched it. I I stayed up uh, on Sunday, uh, well, Saturday night, Sunday morning to watch the game. And I'm not joking. You can just tell, you could tell what Frank Lampard's team talk was. It was, let's not treat us like a friendly guys. Let's really go out there and let's try and win this and leave off for him because some get of the stuck, fouls... Get stuck into him. Yeah, you could just tell because some of the fouls were absolutely atrocious. Like, some of the challenges that I saw, like that, it, that shouldn't be in a friendly game. Like I'm not saying you don't go in and tackle, because of course you do. Of course you go into a friendly game thinking you, you know, you want to get your fitness up and you want to try and win. But you know, some of those challenges were absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know you still uh, stayed up to watch it, Femi. Um, yeah. What did you think, first of all, just of Everton's approach to the game? Um, I heard it was their first preseason game, so whatever that means, but I just didn't understand. I mean, it's a friendly, for God's sake. Is that is the plan for their season to defend deep and clobber people? Is is that what they're practicing for? Because pre-season should be, you know, as much as it's about fitness, it's about tactical whatever. So, is um, Lampard's tactic next season to literally have everyone defend and hope and pray that something breaks for them up front while being really really aggressive at the back it works for some teams but i just don't see how it's going to work for his team and one thing i was like yeri mina was really wound up for some reason i don't understand that he was picking fights with 
a lot of our players. And it's like, it's it's where now, you know, I don't even know what they're doing, to be honest. I don't know what the Everton style of play is. I don't know what Lampard was, was thinking. We, I don't, we played really well in that first half, especially, and we literally just suffocated them to the point where, like you said, they were so frustrated. All they could do was just just kick lumps out of our players. Uh, Jesus went down at one point, didn't he? And I thought he was he was injured because he limped off um, at half time and he didn't come back on. But I've seen him in training. But we'll see. We'll see. Someone says, um, "Oh, it's Rich." Says Mina and Jesus have had previous. Well, that's probably true. But irrespective of, I think that's just yeah, ridiculous. But um, Josh, I'm not sure if you watched the game, but I've probably seen highlights. Um, what did you think of our overall play within that game? Uh, I did not watch the game. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen any football it's holiday. for how yeah it's been bliss let's put it that way uh that i have not watched any football since the final whistle at um oh yeah probably at brighton brighton oh. that was it final whistle oh, brighton uh, i have not watched football since it's been great sorry uh but i can talk i can talk about how uh i hate frank lampard but that helped <laughs> that's how, easy yeah <laughs> um danny did you watch any of the game or yeah, time. I watched the first first sixty minutes, and like most preseason friends, most preseason friends are, are rubbish. They're boring. It's just a chance to get to see your new players. But oh, 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 oh that's fizzy. Um, I was disappointed to see um, how many fouls were going on. I mean, you don't do that in preseason friendly. And I, I watched up to about the sixtieth minute, and Ben Godfrey got an early booking, and then like one of you was saying about um, Jesus got that a was kick, a nasty and then, tackle, and then ben yeah. It was. It, what was their problem? Maybe it's because their their last competitive game, if that was their first preseason, was we smashed them at the Emirates, and and maybe that's what. I mean, if that's the route that it's, it's, we've waited so long to get Stoke and Burnley out of the Premier League, and 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 those teams that play rubbish football, and it seems that we, we've got another one because God knows Frank Lampard can't do anything as an actual quality manager. Even when he was at Chelsea, he struggled to do much when he's got some of the best players in the Premier League playing for him. But then if that's going to be the way he's going to go next season, um, we'll just kick everybody to make sure that we, we get the points or get a draw or whatever. That isn't going to work in the Premier League. You're going to end up going down and he's going to get sacked by Christmas. But it'd be hilarious to watch them. But it's um, it's nice to see the, uh, the, the, the fans. The fans were so into it. And there was one, a Spurs fan tweeted, was it a Spurs fan? Why was there an American Arsenal fan chanting about Spurs? I thought the answer's simple because he gets it. <laughs> they obviously didn't maybe get into games in this country or watch it on the TV because our fans all around the world all love it and they're up for it. And all the stuff we have, like Mike from the Gooners pod has met um, all those other Gooners over there and been doing videos and all over Twitter. It's fantastic to see, which is why we went back to America so soon after only being there a few years ago. Well, last year we were meant to go there, weren't we? Yeah, um, and then we were were there a few years before that as well, and it's it's one of the most uh, lively fan bases we have. I know you could go anywhere in the world and let Arsenal play, and we'll have thousands of fans turning up. But it's just there's something a little bit special for me about seeing all these American fans loving it and really getting into it and, and and doing it as if it's a home game for Arsenal. And I think that might have been part of the reason why Everton were struggling at times and uh, because they couldn't cope with it. But I'll be watching tonight's game. A little bit boring. All all preseason games are boring, though. But yeah, we're, it's looking like it's coming together. It's it's like George George Peppard in the A team. Uh, I can see I can see a plan coming together. 
it's a lot more settled than than last summer to be fair because last summer i knew that we were going to have a bad start because when you watched us in pre-season we were absolutely terrible weren't we um and it just carried on into the beginning of the season we were so undercooked we weren't ready you, 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 sometimes when you watch preseason, you can kind of tell. It's not the, the ones where you lose four games and you think, oh, it's just warm-ups. But last season, we didn't have enough players. Players were just in and out. Their heads weren't right. And, and you could kind of tell. And one thing I, I do want to ask is, what do you guys think about this new thing of Premier League teams playing Premier League teams in pre-seasons? Because I, I've just got a thought that I don't... Is it, is it just for the money that we're doing this? Because... When I was growing up, we I never saw Arsenal play a Premier League team. The most they'll do is they'll play Boreham Wood or Barnet first game of preseason. Then they'll play European giants, European teams. But I'm seeing um, I'm seeing more and more of this. And I saw um, I don't know if you guys saw the Leeds versus um, who was it Aston Villa game and um, John McKean. Have you seen it? Is it John no. McGinn? Oh, John nearly McGinn killed, absolutely leveled a 16 year old. And he had to be stretched off with ligament damage in preseason, and I'm like, "What? What is this? Like, why are we doing this?" Yeah, he literally. That's the whole, you know. Let's not treat this like a preseason, guys. Let's really go in there and do yeah. stuff. You just that tell that like, again, Lamp and Gerard exactly the same uh, English man, English manager mentality. Like it's just, do you know what I mean? Like, like you said. Pre-season for me, as growing up, as you know, we used to go to Austria, didn't we? Um, Arsenal then goes to, to Austria to do a little training camp there. And it was just about getting your fitness back. I mean, again, these players now are highly tuned athletes, he says. Um, so they shouldn't really lose a lot of fitness. But, you know, it's all about playing patterns. You know, all the stuff that you do in training, bringing it to an actual football pitch. And I don't know, like for me, again... That, that's ridiculous what John McGinn did like in the preseason. Like, I'm not saying you can't go in and tackle because of course you do. You want you want to, you know, prove yourself, but at the same time, doing that in a game is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, so that guy now is probably out for the best. I mean, I'm not saying years old. Yeah, years old. I'm not saying he's ever gonna get a chance in the Premier League. You know, he may just be flown out there for the first team, but he now is gonna miss the under 18s game and he's gonna be out probably for about what ligament damage is what four it months? Probably, it could probably end his career without going too over the top because he's still growing. Yeah. That's ligament damage on top of probably a growth spurt that's going to happen in a few months' time. If anybody remembers when they were between sixteen and eighteen as a as a guy, and you get that you know uh, you get that growth spurt of about three or four inches, uh, maybe even more at that point. Uh, God, Carl, keep it keep it in your uh, keep it all PG. <laughs> Uh, we're not going about that. Um, Danny has put the picture. Danny's up put now. the wrong image. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's made the kid. Look, got... He's made the kid look bad. Yeah. I wonder how he got injured from that. That's how I got it. Oh man! Yeah, so, yeah it's the wrong one. But I, I think if what you were saying, though, in terms of Premier League teams playing each other, it's clearly that's where the money is. It's we've got the highest overseas rights in terms of broadcasting. It's clearly, this is the games that sell well and they just want to reproduce them in those countries. Cause it is. And I think it's really frustrating as well. That's the aftermath of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah to, to not see, um, you know, you'd want to see like when we played the Emirates cup, 
that you get those kind of teams coming in. It's like, yeah, we play Red Bull, we play um, Sevilla and A, another team from France. You want that kind of mix of teams, someone we don't always see us play against. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd but, love to see us play Real Madrid, AC Milan, Inter. Which is having to qualify yeah, for the Champions League. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm Barcelona playing Real Madrid in their friendly as well. Like, I'm sure... <laughs> They are, and yeah, yeah I get it. That it gets revenue. Yeah, I guess it is money. I hear yeah. that, but surely you'd much want to see, like, like you said, that like Barcelona versus Arsenal. They were all in every team. A lot of teams do go to America, so I would say um, on the other side, Brighton haven't gone on pre-season. They haven't done at all. You, there's only two games that are not behind closed doors, uh, and would you prefer that as the option? So they're playing. Um, Tony Boom's other Belgian team that came second in the league this year. Um, Espanyol is the only game at home that's uh, free for people to attend. Every other game has been at the training ground and they're playing away to Reading. That's it. That's their preseason. See, I don't like that either yeah. because I, I think yeah. that leaves you... Uh, to be fair, I do like the tours because, like Daniel was saying, the, the fans of in other countries do deserve... I mean, I've watched... Um, I've watched Arsenal games in Dallas and in Orlando. And mm. those fans, I watched them in bars, actually. I watched the North London Derby in Dallas. And it was like 7 a.m. in the morning. And I drove to the bar. You know, the fans are there, thick thick and thin. It, not even in their houses, in, in the bars. And I was just like, it was a lot of fans there. And they watched two games back to back. And then um, I watched in Orlando, same thing. They've got a dedicated, you know, bar that they go to all the time so you know they they kind of deserve to see I, I do think they deserve to see it as well what yeah, worries um, me is sorry Danny go I say just it, what it worries me a little bit that this may be um what them building up to having a Premier League game God, in outside of the Premier League but I can see the charity shield being done abroad I mean like the mm-hmm. the the um the European Super Club used to always be held in Monaco, and now that's been held all over the place. Nothing wrong with that. Charity Shield, no problem with that being held abroad. But having Premier League games been held outside of England, I mean, do you think that's something that could uh, this could well, be leading Danny, to? Carl? Abroad is one thing. Having the Community Shield abroad is one thing. Having yeah. it in Dubai or UAE is a different thing. As far mm. as I'm not being, I'm not being patronising to those countries, but. Where you've got, you know, China, Japan, Korea, USA, that are, you know, they've been supporting the Premier League for years yeah. and years, rabid fan base. I bet you any money, the first place that the play the the game goes to is Don't to the Middle it. East. Oh, it, it, but the WWE, when that's gone to wherever that went to, the fact that people, to, refu- yeah. even wrestlers, are refusing to go. It money, is, though, it's, isn't it? Money, it's bound money, to happen, yeah. Money, money talks. Yeah. If they're going to pay, like, imagine they said to the FA, um, okay, FA, we're going to give you 10 million to host this game. They're going to take that. They're going to take that 10 million. Um, FA will say, oh, yeah, no problems. And then they'll put it onto the clubs to say, oh, yeah, you've got to fly your team out. Mm. You've got to go and get a hotel and Blah blah blah. But you think to yourself, in the UAE or Dubai or wherever it is, and the charity show gets paid in August, you're talking about 45 degree heat. Well, they like, won't play it in August, Carl. They'll move it like they did with the Spanish <laughs> one. They moved yeah. the Spanish one to to what December, didn't they? And they made it a yeah. four team tournament. 
<laughs> well, what Spanish one was that? Spanish That's what? the Copa del Rey, and didn't it? It, it went to no, the, the it was a Super, Super Cup. Cup. And Super it, Cup. it used to be just a Spanish mm. Super Cup. We all used to watch it on, on Sky over here in August, just, you know, and it always used to be Real Madrid and Barcelona kicking lumps out of each other. But yeah, they've moved it till December or January, and it's now a four-team tournament, and it's ah, in it's in Qatar. Riyadh, Riyadh, <laughs> yeah. And last uh, last season is in Riyadh. Season before that, Sevilla. Season before that is in Jeddah. There you go. That's crazy. And I mean, I, I bet know. Sevilla was the hottest of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they had they had just looking at it here. They had the semi-finals: Barcelona two, Real Madrid three. Atletico Madrid won, Atletico Bilbao uh, two. The final Athletic Bilbao nil, Real Madrid two. 9.30 at night. Wow. Didn't know that. No. Oh, Danny, um, if you're looking to find love, there's someone in this uh, <laughs> chat for you. Uh, come back a couple of times. We're clearly popular now. Yes. We're getting porn bots. ABW's back, baby. Yeah, I've returned porn. the porn back to here. What can we say? <laughs> oh, I've missed them. <laughs> um, I want to talk about some of the outgoings or <laughs> outgoings that should, might happen because at the moment it's really slow with us sort of uh, getting rid of players. And I know that that I think Josh, you and I were talking about this in the um, in our group, and you're saying there's no money in Europe at the moment. But I'm seeing people go for money, like. Um, I, I, we could do a whole podcast on the finances of Barcelona, um, how they managed to get money when they're in something like two billion pound debt. But that's by the by, and I've seen Juventus buy players, buy Munich buy players. Um, I think the only team that's not really, or the only league that's not really spending any money, quote unquote, is the French league. But there's only one team in that, isn't there? Being honest, um, so at the moment on tour, we've got thirty players, I believe of which is like five goalkeepers and how many flipping midfielders and strikers. So um, of the, the goalkeepers, like we know that Alex uh, Runnison is definitely going to go or he won't be involved in the first team whatsoever. Um, I can't see it. And there's talk of Bert Leno going to Fulham, but I believe of the rumours say that we're holding out for something like 11 to 12 million and Fulham don't want to uh, pay that. So for me, if Fulham don't start putting the money, do you then, I mean, you've got no choice but to keep him or do you think as soon as, as long as the window goes on, like when it gets to like buying point, do you think we'll lower our valuation and let him go? No, I think we'll stand firm on that and it will be up to Fulham, see if who blinks first. And to be honest with them uh, shipping five goals, every preseason game at the moment, they're going to start really getting a lot of uh, criticism and stop, you know, the extra 2 million, bring their goalkeeper in a bit earlier so you can learn how to uh, get, yeah, get used to picking the ball out of the back of the net because I think they're going straight back down. Uh, back. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely, Leno will leave. I, I think that's all clear to see. I think, uh, especially Matt Turner came in and we signed him in January as well. This wasn't like a deal that we sorted out over the summer. We've clearly known for seven months at least that Leno was going to leave this summer. And I think it's just a case of maybe it's just the agents. You know, the agents just got to sort it out because that is kind of what he's got to do, isn't it? The, he, that's his client. He's got to try and move his client on to keep him happy. So 
it's up to them to negotiate with Fulham as well as us. Um, so yeah, I think I think I'm not too not too concerned about how late we're going. There's some other players that perhaps I'd be a little bit more worried about, but we've seen how quiet we've gone around um, the transfer market at the moment. How you know, silently we've gone about deals. So because I'm not hearing rumblings of maybe Pepe going somewhere, doesn't necessarily make me feel. I'm not really fearing that right now, um, especially with a little bit more time in the window to go. If it's deadline day and we're still not hearing anything, I'll start to get scared. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of players like that. I mean, you could run through a whole list of them. Hector mm. Bellerin, um, uh, Pablo Marie, uh, Lucas Torreira, Maitland Niles. You know what I mean? There are so many. Mm. Um, Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson as well. So, yeah, there's so many that. You know, we thought that we would get rid of. I mean, of those players, I mean, I definitely can't see Lucas Torreira staying in the squad. I can't. See, I can see him staying. I think he would stay. And I think there's not enough said about the fact that he was unsettled because he didn't necessarily feel at home as well as problems in the dressing room. He's come back to a dressing room that isn't poisonous at all now. And one of his best friends from the national team has moved to North London since he's been away. Bentacor now plays for uh, Spurs. So Uruguayan international, his midfield partner, yeah, came from Juve. There's a bit more of a settled atmosphere for him. So I think there is potential, if we can't find something for him, that um, he sticks around a little bit longer. I just don't see that. I'm sorry, I... All, every yeah. time he opens his mouth, all he ever talks about is is leaving. <laughs> that's, yeah, and I every... think that's because we still had Meza Ozil at the club. That's the main but, reason. I mean, even this summer, yeah. all he ever talks about is leaving. He's just like, I yeah. want to leave, or I'm leaving, or I found a club, or I've agreed. His agent's always like, he's agreed with this club, mm-hmm. he's agreed with that club. He, I just don't. I mean, I'd I'd love for it to work out with him. I mm-hmm. just don't. I, and plus, I just don't see where he's going to get the game time for him to even be satisfied to stay, even as a as a backup. I, I just don't see it, especially if we're going to sign another midfielder, as we all kind of expect. I, I just don't see where he's going to. With Sambi still there, and and El Neni clearly is more favoured by Arteta, so it is it would be very difficult for him to stay. And and a lot of these guys that have, I don't know if he's got one year left on his contracts, but. Players like Leno, who've got one year left on their contract, I mean, Fulham know that we're going to give in at some point, to be honest, don't they? They kind of, I know what you're saying, but I, I think Fulham are playing a smart game, just like we're playing with with Yuri Tillemans. They're playing quite a smart game, which is they know that it, if it gets to the last day of the window, close to the last day, we'd rather get five million for him than zero in the summer. So that, that's what they're banking on. So let's see who blinks first with some of these stuff. Hmm. I mean, but the same could be said for a lot of players. I mean, uh, Hector Bellerin as well. He's got yeah. one year left in his contract. And I think, you know, he came back to Arsenal. And I think one of the conversations he had with Arteta, or that's reported, he wanted to, for him to go on a free. And then, but obviously we probably said, we're not doing that anymore. You know, we've got rid of so many players for free, uh, cancelling the contracts. We're not doing it no more. And I think that was kind of a shake-up, especially for Betis as well. So I think Betis thought that they could just easily get him. Um, I think once we said no, 
Um, that's it. But yeah. for me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be annoyed if Bellerin stayed. Tommy Asu, um, his injury worries are, uh, worries are definitely here again. Um, and you know he's he's taking his time out from preseason again along with uh, Kieran Tierney. Um, so if Bellerin stayed, would you? I wouldn't be that angry because that's cover at right back. I know you could say we've got three right backs because of um, Cedric Suarez, but I think with Kieran Tierney, obviously is going to have injury problems throughout the whole season. And as Josh sort of uh, exclusive from Josh, there's talk of um, Tavares maybe going to Brighton. And if that comes to fruition, then, you know, we're a left back down. So you've then got, with the addition of maybe uh, the new player coming in, Suarez can play right, left and right back as well. Um, Bellerin playing right back. So, I don't know, Danny, if Bellerin was to actually stay, um, would you see that as a kind of a good thing? Yeah, also, he's the longest serving player at the club along with Elneny and we don't have a kind of father figure at the club. I mean, maybe you could consider Party that father figure because he's, he's an international, he's been around the world, he's a big old lump of a human being. But you, th- there's no old stalwarts at the club, is there? They've all gone. And having Bellerin there like that, that could do the job. But from seeing what Bellerin last season, what he was saying, I think he'd, he'd take a massive pay cut to go to Betis, the kid he supported as a kid apparently um so i don't think there is much chance of him staying but the, like you're saying carl with uh we need cover at right back and although tyranny can play right back he can play anywhere across the back three it's going to be he's going to be out injured as well and as, as um occasionally and i don't like suarez i think he's a bit better going forward he's more of a wing back than an actual defender and i think this season with the attacking players that we've got we're going to need defenders that can actually defend but, Carl, there's been those rumours that, or people on Twitter who know nothing, are saying that we could be playing three at the back this season. Saliba, Gabriel and uh, Benny Blanco. What do you think to that? For me, that excites me because that's my championship manager um, formation. Benny Blanco in the middle, going forward a little bit because uh, he stays at Brighton. Josh is shaking his head. He doesn't agree with it. <laughs> How dare you? No. We started Not the second half. We started the second half of, of, of both of our games with three at the back. Mm, so that's probably why the kind of centre backs we need to get rid of. That's why. That's all we've called up. Look, do you know what, funny enough, <laughs> Josh? I think it's because we don't have enough full yeah. backs that are fit as well. Yeah. So it's you, probably you, that as well. So it's Saliba. Yeah. Saliba yeah, is so who I thought would fill in at right back. Yeah, I, I don't see it with Bellerin, to be honest with you. No. He just he hasn't played well for us anyway for a mm. good couple of years. And you're saying an older statesman. Bellerin's 26 years old or something, isn't <laughs> I it? know. You uh, think, hold on, he's more like, feel like he's 36. He's been there for, he's been there before Wenger signed. The old statesman is Granite Xhaka, mate. He's, he's the yeah. one that's going to look after the dressing room now. It's yeah, him and it's Rob Holding. It's Rob Holding, it seems to be, the talk from him from pre-season, uh, or at least Matt Turner was saying nice things about mm. Rob Holding. But he drives the bus, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he said Rob drives the bus. He drives the Fiesta. He drives the bus, <laughs> he drives the bus to, uh, to training. Um, yeah, so I think I that's the, he's the lift buddy at the moment. I bet he's got a hat yeah. as well. Definitely. A little <laughs> His hair's hat. looking good. Does that well, give you hope, the, Josh? 
Um, no, because I've seen Gabrielle's put it that way. No. <laughs> that guy needs to go for a refund. He needs a refund. Yeah, he needs a refund. Where did yeah where where did he go to Tur- where did he go in Turkey? Because I need that place on the blacklist. I'm not going there. Well, you know, it's like when you've just when you've decided to revamp your back garden, every landscapes, and you have all new grass put down, and they say, "Don't let the kids play on the grass for the first six weeks." You know, people have been rubbing his head from day one. He's, he's probably got hair growing out of all parts of his body where it's fallen down. And taken root <laughs> well he probably got his for free didn't he because he uh, did a yeah. he did an advertisement where oh, yeah, Holden did a yeah. did a download one and paid loads of money and told no one about it gabriel was advertising it everywhere uh, there's a thing he did the uh, did the old teeth, bobby perez <laughs> i saw this thing called turkey teeth where they do caps for your teeth, and then all the caps fall out, and then you got teeth like an old witch. You look like someone out of Jaws, the the fish, <laughs> the fish from Jaws. I don't know what people. <laughs> he won't listen. I don't know. Um, one person who hasn't gone yet, and it just doesn't seem to be no talk at all, is Ainsley Maitland Niles. I mean, there was talk conservative. About... Pardon? That's oh. an insult. Now he can't say that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> a liberal Democrat. <laughs> um, Sorry, Cal. Josh, I mean, there's been no. I mean, there was talk of him going to maybe Nottingham Forest, and then that kind of died down. But with Jed Spence going to that lot, do you think there's an opportunity that that Nottingham Forest rumor might um, come back? Potentially, because he wasn't a Forest player. Jed Spence was he? He was at Middlesbrough. Uh, he was just on loan there. Yeah. So there was an option, mm. definitely. They had that space and they obviously need a right wing back. It's whether or not Maitland-Niles, he seems to not necessarily want to play for a team that's down the bottom and is he doesn't necessarily see himself as a championship player yet. Because uh, I think that's what we're, <laughs> we're going to inevitably yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if he tries another international or European adventure like he did in Rome and sit on the bench. There they soon got fed up with him. Oh, yeah. He came in, he what, played against Juventus, did all right on his debut, and then... That was it. Jose didn't really have much of it. Uh, so I wonder if he tries that again, but it does seem to be... And I was thinking about this uh, recently. You don't see many players now coming out of Premier League sides and dropping down the level especially English players, they're not really dropping to the championship anymore. They're more looking to go, say, to Portugal or to Spain, or they're looking further afield now rather than just dropping down to championship because they know there's still a chance that they could get European football somewhere. Uh, And I wonder if that's what Maitland-Niles is waiting for, is further opportunities. And uh, yeah, I think we can see what will happen there, but I think we've missed the boat of getting a big figure for him, certainly. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. I, I think the fact that we never took the 20 million from Wolves, is it last season or the season before? The season before. It was the season where he were. it was during our FA Cup run where we won the FA Cup. It was that summer afterwards that we were offered 20 19, million. Yeah, 19, yeah. 20. Yeah. And everyone was like, don't get rid of him. He's our best player. And I'm like, he doesn't know how to pass and he's not Arsenal quality. And we should have taken that. Well, you have been rush. moaning for a few years about him, haven't you? I think he's going to go into the side, poor fella. <laughs> According to this, his contract is up this summer as well. Mm. So we've got. I wonder how many of those have got options though for an yeah, extra that's year. True. But then he uh, when he he signed his contract before Arteta, so those mm. options they started putting them in when they're doing Arteta came in. Whereas before they just they just mm. whatever. Even Reese Nelson, his contract is up 
uh, Torreira. So I think they'll all go. I think they'll just get shit them all out, to be honest with you. They'll find a way to get them out. Hopefully yeah. not players that are on their lo- not loans, but they'll someone like yeah. Reese Nelson, they'll probably just take a whatever fee they're three million, yeah. five Unless million. Unless they do something incredible during the uh preseason <laughs> that convinces otherwise. I think there's there's obviously opportunity out there. I think Reese Nelson's probably an opportunity back at Feyenoord because um his um partner on the other him. wing went to uh, Leeds, didn't he? For twenty five million. So they obviously need a winger. So there's potential that maybe he goes <laughs> back there. Should we have a moment of appreciation for the... Uh, first of all, I like your T-shirt, Josh. You can't see what it is because you're sat down, but do you want to show the, the boys and girls? You might have to stood up a little bit. It's, it's a very nice T-shirt. <laughs> the one the one that we say, but that uh, a moment of appreciation, Cole, for that El Nenny goal against... Uh, oh, um, Nuremberg, wasn't it? That's it? Wow. It was, uh, but he always does that. Don't you find in pre-season... He always scores like a worldie um, all the time. And you think, wow. And he's got that in his locker. He has got a long shot on him. And I mean, yeah, Elnene is one of those players where, you know, he's always going to give you a six to seven out of 10 performance. You know, you're not going to get like a 10 out of 10, nine or even an eight out of 10 performance, but he just does his job well. So I was quite happy when he signed these uh, one year deal also two years, I can't remember, at the end of the season. Now, I don't mind, someone like El Nene, I don't mind keeping around because he will play all the Europa League games, give if Thomas Partey there, to give Thomas Partey a rest. Um, and he'll come in and just do his job. Like, and I, I appreciate that. He doesn't, you know, there's no fuss with El Nene. He's just absolutely brilliant at what he does. But yeah, El Nene, he's got it in his locker. He's got that long shot. Quite a few, well, I say quite a few, Jack has got it on him. Anyone that isn't party, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's got to. Yeah, I think he's got to get that out of his game um, this season because some of those shots were wild, like really, really wild. So, unless you've been generous, yeah, so hopefully he kind of gets that some out. are dangerous. <laughs> hopefully, um, I guess we're going to talk about incomings, aren't we? And today, I think it's been confirmed that. Uh, Sinchenko has signed a contract with Arsenal and I think it's just uh, a matter of time Didn't Pep announce it as well? Yeah, he kind of said Most of Man City players all all of the Man City players that have been interviewed in pre-season have said um, about Sinchenko leaving to Arsenal Um, Femi, what do you think of the Sinchenko signing? I mean I guess not watching a load of Man City but I know enough that he's versatile. He can play left back, which I know Josh is very uh, happy about that because it's cover for Kieran Tierney, who is going to miss a minimum of fifteen to twenty games this season. I think we could. Sorry, <laughs> sorry did you say fifty? Did you say fifty games? Ten to fifteen games. He's going to miss ten to fifteen games this season. With no doubt about that. He's an injury prone player. It's just it is what it is. So you know, it's that playing the left back sort of. Um, cover and also he can play in midfield as well um what do you think about the that Sinchenko signing um 
to be fair, when we were linked with him earlier in the summer, I thought, mm, I just don't see it happening. It was um, around the time that Ukraine played Scotland and he had an absolute blinder in, in central midfield. And I was like, I've never seen him play central midfield. And he just looked so, so good in that game. Um, I was like, wow, this is an amazing performance. But I didn't think it was possible, honestly, that we would get both players from Man City. It, it just was like a... a one of those ones you hear, you think, yeah, it's just another rumour. But And at decent it, prices too. Yeah, yeah, very decent prices. Um, and I think what I like about what we've done here is we had a target that we clearly wanted, uh, Martinez. We didn't even, you didn't even hear about, oh, Arsenal pulled out of the deal. You just heard, oh, yeah, Arsenal going for Zim- Zimchenko. It's almost wrapped up. Within a week, it's wrapped up. That's the way to do business, you know. Let's let's get, just move on to the next target. There's there's always, you know, have your list of targets. That's what I like now that we're doing. Arteta says we have a plan. This is the plan, and they they go with it. And to be fair, I'm not, I, I I don't want to say okay, he he he's someone that I know loads and loads about. I, I've not been overly impressed with his one-on-one defending, but. I guess that's just the way Man City play. We don't really leave the kind of spaces that they leave in behind, you know. So hopefully he can, and I think he'll do it. He'll do a, a decent job, not not just covering Tierney, but playing instead of Tierney. To be fair, because I'm sure he'll play a lot of games. That's probably what he's. A lot of these players, they've been promised something. They, they've not been promised to come in and. Just do. The, if you wanted to sit on the bench, you might as well just have stayed at Man City and sat on the bench and won a, a title or a league, a league medal. So I'm sure he'll be getting a lot of minutes um, for this team, and hopefully, you know, he, he he stays fit and he can show. But on the ball, technically, quality-wise, wow, he's, he's technique. He's moving the ball, um, short passes, long passes, absolutely. It's just brilliant, but it's just defensively that I always have to be cautious with him because I have seen him get get torn apart a couple of times. But that's where Before I'd we... have him play. I'd have him playing in central midfield. See you later, Granite Xhaka. We've got a player that turns quickly. <laughs> that is ruthless. Yeah, I mean, Zinchenko, Odegaard, and uh, and Thomas Partey as midfield. That's that's what I'm looking forward to this season. Because as great as Jack has been, he's no longer he playing that position where it's so hard to replace him. What you why, don't got, at, why don't we put Jacker at left back then and then put him? Oh, yeah, we could put him there. I'm happy to do that. I <laughs> I was happy to drive. Time. I was I was happy to drive uh, Kieran Tierney to Newcastle if they were paying fifty million pounds for a guy that will play twenty games in a season, uh, and we can go out and get a reliable left back. Um, but yeah, I've realised it's going to be a tall order. <laughs> convincing people that Granite Xhaka won't start um, even probably Arteta as well but you've got a player that the one weakness in Xhaka's game is how quickly he moves with the ball you know that initial turn he's not necessarily agile of getting the ball out of his feet and in the centre of midfield he just gets Zinchenko in there and that's going to make his transition so much quicker and that's what I would be looking forward to to be honest Zinchenko for Ukraine, Carl. 42 out of the last 45 international games he's played at central midfield. He's played two at left back, one at left midfield. And in his early days for the Ukraine, in his first five or six caps, he played one as a striker or centre forward and three as a uh, attacking midfielder. 
<clears throat> but um, he's incredible. Are you going to be sad with Man City's replacement for him? Because we all know that's uh, going to be old Cookerborough or whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah, Cookerea. I mean, when I he think... turned up, he was too, he was too good for Brighton. Um, he's probably too good for City. He is that level of a left back. <laughs> He's What's better than City? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just the Harlem Globetrotters. He'd be in... Uh, yeah. I didn't know he came from Barcelona's academy. Yeah, Barcelona academy. They just like, nah, we've got Alba and Alba will be here forever. And they had somebody else coming through. And he was like, I just want game time. Left, uh, went to They'll sign him for 100 million next summer. <sighs> uh, yeah, where they find that, Dan. <laughs> sell their what? Sell their uh, TV Call rights for the next 25, uh, 25 years. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, it's going to be a shame seeing him leave because he was a fabulous player. But um, I'd equally be intrigued to see um, Nuno Tavares uh, more often, should we see, because he is a player that I think there's a real raw talent in there um, for a left back, but especially probably a left wing back as well, where there's a bit more opportunity to not be um, as defensive. But uh, yeah, I think it's coming on to answering Avon's question. I think a lot of people have asked what I think of Tavares to Brighton on loan. Um, I'll wait for the Brighton uh, Ornstein to uh, tweet about it. Um, Sai, no, not even close. Um, they got 50 points last season and three shit teams came up. No problem. And Everton are still in the league. So I don't see Brighton being in a relegation battle at all. And Leeds um, will get to play with 10 men every other game as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's at least five, six, probably seven poorer teams. Oh, Fulham are a given. They're down. Yep. There's only two others that are going with them. Yeah. Um, Brighton have also got a striker this season. So uh, watch out. Who's that? Uh, they've got signed Dennis Undav from their sister team in Belgium. Oh, yes. Um, St. Colis or something. He banged in loads yeah. of goals in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. He'll be the one. I didn't know he'd gone to Brighton. That's a decent They move. signed him in January and then le- loaned him back so he could try and win the league. I think um, that team had come up from the third tier of Belgian football in the space of three or they four bought, years. Uh, they, were built by, they were bought by Tony Bloom, who also owns Brighton, and he oh, sent, them a load of, yeah, sent them a load of um, Brighton players on loan. Um, when you said Tony Bloom's B-side, I was thinking of Tony Pulis, and I didn't know he had another side, let alone one. Tony Bloom, the owner, must Tony be the owner Bloom's of Brighton. Got- yeah, he's the owner of Brighton, the owner of... Uh, yeah, he's got a team there. He's got another team. Uh, he's got about three or four teams, all like tiny little ones. You should start um, a... Uh, uh, what would it be called? A famous Brighton. Uh, uh, Adam, uh, Adam Lalana Wonderland. <laughs> That's it! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe Zamora. A Zamora Wonderland. That would be it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, you never know; these things might happen. Oh, not Adam Lallana. Oh, what a nightmare! Great player, <laughs> but my God, he's on three times as much wages than the nearest other player at Brighton. Bit of a mistake. Anyway, where were we? Um, Sinchenko. So you're saying he's gonna? You're saying that he should play midfield, but more mm-hmm. than likely he's going to be replacing uh, Kieran Tierney at left back. If um, Tavares goes to Brighton, if that's the rumour. Yeah, well, I'd like to not see Zinchenko at left-back. and There's plenty of left-backs out there. Um, I'd like to see him in midfield because I think he is... He's just kind of sitting dormant 
that they're the reason why he's against the midfield is potentially because he's not as good as Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, and Kevin De Bruyne. But he's getting to our midfield any day of the week, and I think it's a real opportunity for him there as well. Yeah, I mean, I think as a player that is going to improve us, I think there's there's no doubt that that's going to happen. Uh, it's just depending on who. I think we need to, like Josh said, I think we need to be brave and not, and maybe drop Jaka. Like you said, I think the problem is like people think like Granite Jaka should be the first name on the you on the um, on the team sheet because he's been there for so long and he has been that you know that person who is the ever present in the team, but. I think we shouldn't be scared to drop certain players like Granit Xhaka. I think as a lead, as a as a leader, I think he's brilliant. I can't lie. I think he's always fronted up in the interviews. I think he's always, you know, when he's made a mistake. I don't know if you've seen the latest interview he done on Arsenal.com where he was saying, um, you know, he he had to make it up with the fans. You know, he made a mistake. And yeah, what he did to the fans was atrocious. And I'm, you know, that just shows the kind of resilience of the player that he's still at the club for sticking two fingers up at the, um, at the, at the um, supporters. Could you imagine if all or nothing was uh, at Arsenal when he'd done that? That would have been absolutely that bad. I mean, you know, what Aubameyang done, and I'm sure everyone wants to talk about um, all or nothing and we'll do that in a second. But, you know, he, he's come back and he's fronted up. And that's what I like about Granit Xhaka. Whether his playing style is something that I like is probably no. Could we improve on Granit Xhaka? 100%. We could 100% improve on Granit Xhaka. But I think, you know, what he brings to the team, um, his, I guess, his man management of certain players. And I think he's one of the only people who would actually be very honest in an interview and front up and be... You know, I remember when we lost to Newcastle um, and he came out and, you know, he kind of just basically said how it was. Like, we played shit and there's certain people in this squad who think they're better than they actually are and they need to fix up. Um, I don't think any other player would do that. Do you remember when we used to lose a game and Theo Walker would come out and do an interview and all Theo Walker would say something like, yeah, we need to play better. Um, we need to work harder in training. Just get the basic, you know, someone who's been media trained to within an inch of their life and they wouldn't give any other like lines apart from what they've said in the media training. Granit Xhaka is not like that. He'll come out and he'll say it how it is. However, does that make you a better footballer? No. So I definitely agree with Josh where I'd love to see an improvement on Granit Xhaka and whether Sinchenko is that person, I mean, only time will tell. I think when you look at the midfield, it's going to be Thomas Partey and a another, whoever that is, um, whether it be Granit Xhaka, whether it be Sinchenko, whether it be Lukonga, whether whoever, whoever is going to be in the squad, there's still talk of Yuri Tillemans um, and that rumour is just not going away whatsoever. Um, so I think you know, there's something there as well. But I just think that we need to get rid of players before we start bringing anyone in. And I think that's the hindrance. Don't you think, Danny? Do you think us not getting rid of players is kind of a hindrance of us bringing anyone else in? Because we still need a winger. I mean, me personally, I want, I would love to bring in a winger um, who can also play up front as well. 
I think <clears throat> there may be a reason why some of these players aren't leaving. Maybe because the modern, the new Arsenal, we have a different Arsenal now than we were 12 months ago. And maybe Arteta is keeping some of those players, Maitland-Niles, Pepe, Nelson, and all that lot, because because we're going to have a hell of a lot of games coming up before the World Cup starts. And we're going to need maybe extra bodies. Maybe you want some of these players to go, like, this is the new way we're playing. I want to see how you fit in, because Maitland-Niles and Nelson both had a... I don't keep saying Neeson. I don't know. It's not Liam Neeson, is it? And he does have a certain set of skills, as Feyenoord saw. But maybe he wants to give some of these players a chance. But I think it's more like they just can't get rid of them. Most of these players want 40, 50, 60 grand a week and they're squad players. And no one wants to take these players in. And Arsenal, historically, they know that Arsenal tend to loan players out or, or cancel their contracts. In recent years, we've had so few sales. I think I've actually got a thing here showing the sales that we've made this season. It's going to be this one or the other one. Oh, there we go. First time right, Carl. Needs to call you Clive then. There's no even Clive's here. First, uh, got the Nielsen's name wrong. But looking at that, um, we've got nothing for um, OC22. Daniel Ballard, got bugger all for that. I think that may have been a million. Lacazette, nothing. Mavropanos. Uh, I think that was about three million. Horrendous deal. Guendouzi, he's a twenty-five million pound player with the way he was playing for Marseille last season. Um, Joel Lopez, God, we raved about him for ages. The other two are nothing. Um, Gaspar's nothing. Remy Mitchell, not much. Zach Swanson, I'm surprised to see him go. And Amari Hutchinson, well, he was a Chelsea player before the club. <clears throat> he started his career at Chelsea, but we're not going to get much for any of those. And you think, what's that? Twelve players gone. Nine million pounds, give or take. It's not good. No, but um, as we alluded to earlier, I think we're still early within the transfer window. And Josh said, like, towards the end of the transfer window, I think there's going to be sort of a trolley dash for players because I think we're going to play like the first couple of games um, in the season, or other teams are, and they're going to think, shit, like Josh said full of my shipping goals like nobody's business so maybe they played the first Premier League game and then think oh fuck like we you know what we're just going to spring for this uh, extra player because we uh, extra million that uh, Arsenal want because we are going to go down if we don't do something about this kind of like when um, do you remember when we played Man United and we lost 8-2 <laughs> and then that's the season that we got um, <laughs> did we get Mertz that season Arteta, yeah, a load of players, like a load of players came in. But uh, we're not the only team that's got this problem as well. Mm. Um, I mean, Spurs released uh, the, or not released, there's the rumour of their uh, players that have been told to leave Spurs. We've got Harry Winks, Tanganga, uh, Brian Gilden, they pay 30 million for him, uh, for that guy who's got a haircut from the 80s and looks about seven. Mm. Uh, and Don Bele was an £80 million player. The Celso, I think it'd be 40 for him. Reguillon, I thought he was the next best left back since uh, left backs were invented. Uh, Who's the one they Royale. let go back to? Hold on, Ber- Ber- was it Bergwine? Bergwine? Bergwine, yeah. They got he had some million storming million. games for those, didn't amazing he? Amazing for them. Uh, well, you know, he just he was too he was too young. That was the problem. Uh, as, uh, the hilarious thing is, though, Josh, that all he's going to yeah. um, uh, Conti's doing all this stuff. As soon as a big job comes, he's off, and he'll leave him in Stuck. Uh, did you see what he said about uh, DJ Spence? Yeah, he's, like, he's, a, he's a club signing. He's a club, like, it's a club signing. He's like, yeah, I don't care if this player's good in three years' time. I won't fucking <laughs> be here. That's basically what he said. 
<laughs> That's why he yeah, signed Perisic. I, yeah. He doesn't care. Just but I think uh, I think generally there's just a lack of money in in Europe, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's literally killed your um, transfers for Premier. That's why Man City are selling all their players to, mm. to Chelsea. And I mean, when last did top six teams sell players to each other? All of a sudden, no. now it's going to become a regular thing because the that's teams the in Europe. Yeah, there's there's no money in Europe. I mean, but you say that. So, Femi, you say that, and I kind of tend to agree. But Barcelona seem to be stumping up cash. Yeah, uh, but somewhere. Have you seen? Yeah, have you seen what, yeah, seen what, yeah, you seen what they, how they got their money? <laughs> yeah, Real Madrid just bought a player from Monaco for um, hundred million. Hundred mil. Um, Delict's just gone to Bayern Munich from Juventus. But that uh, was the, that's, the Lewandowski, that's the Lewandowski money. Exactly. Bayern took the Lev- So teams are mixing the money. Real Madrid mm. did a similar thing to Barcelona to raise funds this summer. Mm. They sold some some rights to um, the Bernabeu Stadium that they're building. Sold the training well. ground for the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they sold, sold their some rights um, to TV Bernabeu. rights, didn't they, as well? That's yeah, what Barcelona so they, that's, these are the things that they're doing to mm. get money. And what, what mm. happens is they're... they're they're not spreading the wealth in their own league as they used to. Mm. So they're not going Individual to their rights, own... Isn't it? Exactly. They're not going to their bottom clubs and paying, you know, 50 million for lower league Spanish or lower level Spanish players. They're going to different leagues and buying those players or, you know, Germany to Italy. So now Juventus have got, you know, Juventus just get free transfers from all over Europe. They don't spread the wealth. Uh, they just spread the wealth to the players. They don't spread the wealth around their league like they used to. So didn't these they, are the things that are having a knock-on effects. Didn't they just go by like, the uh, player who won Defensive Player of the Year? There's kind of um, in Italy. So it's kind of... Oh, yeah, they got Bremer for 30 million. Have they bought yeah. him? Yeah. yeah, they've got him. Yeah, so, so, they, me, so now, yeah, now teams are getting money now. They take mm-hmm. the delict money and uh, yeah. didn't they sell someone else, Juventus? They take that uh, money they, and, yeah, yeah, they've definitely yeah. sold some other players as well yeah, in so. there. Uh, Bernadeschi left on a free to Torino, not Torino, Toronto. Yeah, uh, so that, that, yeah. that, the money will start spreading now as you get towards the end of the window. We'll start seeing the European teams start spreading, you know, the money in their league, which then the lower teams, which are probably the ones that want the type of players <laughs> we're trying to get rid of, might then have have money towards the end of the window. Yeah, it's better for getting money. That's what we need them to do because then they'll have that ten million. To yeah. pay for De- Be- Hector Bellerin. That's yeah. what we're kind of waiting for at the moment. Do you think that club, that... you're going to know? Go on, Carl. I was going to say, do you think we'll see more of a transfer window in January after the World Cup? Do you think that would be yeah, busy? Yeah, players would be knackered. <laughs> like, I just something I just thought, like, because of the way the World Cup is, do you think that teams are probably thinking, okay, I don't want to spend any money before the World Cup to, just to see and as you know someone has a has a good World Cup you know some player from God knows what country has a good World Cup and all of a sudden they're worth 25, 30 million um, so do you think there'll be a bigger general transfer winner than we've seen in the past few years? I don't see a big name moving in the transfer in that transfer window I think they're already moving themselves around like all the strikers are moving in this window uh, I don't see any big players moving out from elsewhere um, unless teams are shifting them on. But because of how hectic I think the fixture list is, even after the World Cup, 
I can't see people moving on that quickly because they'll have built the squad for the entire season. Oh, bye, Carl. Well, no, no, I'm here. I'm just I'm closing my blinds up here. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, like you got caught line. doing something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is that what you're doing? No, I'm not seeing people looking at my house. Um, yeah, I, um, I tend to agree. Oh, they're I've not friendly that. in London, are they? <laughs> Someone's asked, Thunder asks, is that Jeff or Shredder? This is, my name is Jeff, Gif, Jeff. That's our very old Canadian Jeff. Lovely, lovely man. He bothered, he, he, he come halfway around the world to fucking see me. How far away are you from me, Carl, again? Is are it? Half hour? Yes, I'm I was from me. Shush. Not definitely not on the train. I, I was just thinking about what Femi was saying about that. If you're a Barcelona fan and you think, "Hold on, my club has just sold its soul for to get this money," and then you go and spend forty-five million pound on a bloke who's thirty-four and thirty-three and a half years old, you're not getting value for money for that. And you've already got a bum young at the club. I mean, you could have uh, who's um, that that tall bloke who used to play up front for Brighton, Josh, the bald one, Bobby Zamora. No. Glenn Murray, you could have Glenn Murray now playing for Barcelona and he still get 30 goals a season in that league. You don't need Lewandowski and Aubameyang together in that bloody league, for God's sake. They've still got that Bra- Braithwaite guy as well, don't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. Isn't there? Um, I saw earlier, but I, I, if there's ever a club I want to go out of business of it other than Spurs, it's Barcelona. <laughs> I, I just wanted to go under so badly. I mean, I've I've just laughed now about Wolves getting done because that's what used to happen to us. You know, the Adama Traore deal mm. that they offered whatever um, for it to take him. Uh, Traore was paid fifteen grand a week. Yeah, like uh, like Abamyang was, but the same as Abamyang, and he thought he was then going to stay there. And they've gone, oh no, actually, we're going to get Rafinha instead. <laughs> yeah, and back to Wolves. Like, oh, Wolves were like, oh yeah. Yeah, we got twenty five million coming in. They got nah, fifty million. Rafinha, see you later. I, I think that back. is that's, that's mad. I think that's crazy. No, like, absolutely crazy. Um, but hey, it's at least they're not coming to steal our players anymore. No, they've taken the Bamiyan from us, and um, we're very happy about that. Do you see what Bayern Munich tweeted about? Um, I th- I'm sure it might have been the Bayern Munich official. It was Nagelsmann. Oh, what did it, what did it say, uh, Josh? Because I got it wrong. Nearly called you uh, Jeff then. Uh, no, Nagelsmann had uh, basically said, I don't know where Barcelona have got their money from, but they've just taken Lewandowski. And then Where's someone that, else yeah. said, someone else said that if you want him, it's forty-five million pound up front, not a pound a week for the rest of your life. Or I'm not sure what account did that, but I did laugh. It's hilarious. If you're like Dion, you're sitting there thinking you owe me. I think they owe Dion something like eleven million. Um, Seventeen. Avon's put in the 17. chat. Yeah. yeah, they they owe him so much money. So you're sitting there thinking you owe me this much money. Like Lewandowski has not gone there for a pay cut. I can I can assure you he hasn't gone there for a pay cut from Bayern. Rafinha hasn't gone there with a no. He hasn't gone there with a pay cut. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking you owe me all this money, and you're you're bringing in all these players, and then there's talk of uh, Conde going there instead of going to Chelsea because I think he's think Conde is holding out for Barcelona rather than going to Chelsea. So the rumors are on Twitter, I guess at least. And even that, you're sitting there thinking. You owe me this much money and you're still trying to bring in players. Put some respects on me, please, and run my money. Like, please. Because 
that is again it's just a wild thing to happen i hope he doesn't leave i really hope he doesn't join my united because he's he's such a good player I mean, you say that, but he's still going to my eye, isn't he? So, um, I just... It's the I, place where I, uh, careers go to die, and that's why Ericsson so is a no-problem yeah. move for him. He's already died on the pit stay. once. He, he can die again. <laughs> <laughs> if I said that, you'd all have me... You'd have me oh, out. Oh, if I, can I put Josh on a timeout? Like, yes. Horrible. Um, but um, I want, see, for me, I want Ronaldo to stay because that guy is just like the worst. He's like poison in the fucking dressing room. Um, and that's why he thinks he's better than he is. Um, he's literally gone to his agent and said, get me, um, get me a premier, get me a Champions League move to anywhere because there's talk that, he got offered to Atletico and Atletico was like, yeah, nah, no, thank you. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. running out of clubs to pawn him to. Napoli, didn't he? Try to get him to Napoli as well. Yeah. Problem is, people that. know that one, they're not going to pay him the wages that he wants and they probably know that his agent <laughs> is going to take stupid amounts of money plus the wages and he's not, you know, he's not, he's the not Ronaldo of old anymore. Yeah, he's still gonna. He can get you goals, but you know he can't run anymore. He hasn't got that. He that in his game is gone. So yeah, he's he can't be, go and play in MLS, be. can he? Not allowed over <laughs> there. Can't afford another ten million. <laughs> yeah, but he's not, he's not. Yeah, he's not gonna um, leave Man United because no other club can afford him. Like the only club that can afford him is probably PSG, and he doesn't fit in. He there's no way he fits into that uh, PSG. Uh, front three, unless you get rid of Neymar. But for me, um, he can't play on the wings anymore. Like, so I mean, the dream would be. I know PSG would love to see sort of Messi um, and Mbappe. And that like has that. to happen, though, doesn't it? Then all them fucks at the same club, and they still can't win the Champions League. Someone asked, "Who's that girl in the top right corner?" I don't know, but sh- she's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's have a little bit of manliness up there. There we go. Look at that beautiful bastard. Um, I'm conscious of the time, so I'm just going to uh, run through something really quickly. Um, the kit? Have we talked about the kit? No, we haven't. Let's talk about the kits. Um, that black kit, Femi, is a thing of people. I mean, we all know everything black is beautiful, don't we, Femi? Um, but <laughs> that, that kit is an absolute thing of beauty, isn't it? Yeah, I've had my eye on that. Oh, look at that. I've had my eye on that. That's probably the player's version. I don't think a lot of us are wearing that. that, that <laughs> I couldn't get it over my head. for yourself, Femi. <laughs> oh, little skinny Josh. Have you, got any, have you got any of those in a medium or a small? Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've, I've definitely one, one of the ones that ordered mine. It was actually sold out on the Adidas website um, within a couple of hours. And they somehow re-upped it, but um, yeah, I got mine. Um, it's the first kit that I've bought for about four years. That's how nice it is. And not even just the the... no, 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 no. I'm a bit. Yeah, number ten. Who's number ten? Oh, yes, oh, yeah, Emil Smith The Femstar, no, number sixty-nine. <laughs> 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 oh 
John would love yeah, an Abbey kid. Exactly. He had to say that with his picture in the corner, didn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's it's uh, the whole black range. All the all the hoodies. They're so expensive, though. I mean, I wanted to get the the one that I think Jesus wore on the when they, they were doing his first interview. The one it doesn't look. The thing that's really good about them is you can just wear them. They don't even look like some of them don't even look like Arsenal stuff. They just like Adidas, you know, um, normal Adidas stuff. Like the the black range, black and gold range is is really really nice. So many things. I just I need some hats and but seventy quid for a jumper is, is very <laughs> steep for me, man. <laughs> it's a bit out of order. I'll be waiting to find it in the Adidas outlet. Um... <laughs> <laughs> in about yeah, I'll be straight down to uh, Gunwolf Keys in uh, <laughs> in about about ten months' time, looking out for the old Arsenal kits. I've, I've found yeah. this, Josh, and I gave it a wash. Um, would that fit you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit too tall for it, but otherwise, it's a reversible yeah. one. It's from the. Uh, oh. I can't remember what season that is. That was in my car for about twenty years. That'd be that'd be all right. People won't know if I'm coming or going. Chris tried it on, but it was too big. <laughs> uh, probably right. Yeah, I see people talk about the pink kit in the chat as well. Some people, I've got, I've, yeah, I've got. My children have got an eye on the pink kit as well. They, they, they don't even want the black one. They want the pink one. I like the pink one, but I'd look like a blancmange. <laughs> so I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed nice things. <laughs> well, no, the kits are nice, and I guess like we were saying earlier, when we lose uh, three 0 to Crystal Palace. The first game of the season, there'll be a, another uh, kit launch, you know, just to distract us. There we go. That's a better picture. Look at those beautiful bastards. Yeah. Oh, no, after we um, after we lose to Palace, it'll be uh, it'll be the all or nothing. They'll bring that out, won't they? <laughs> bring, bring that they'll, the, uh, they'll bring out a director's cut. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> who did um, who did JFK? They'll bring out a director's cut done by him. <laughs> <laughs> but who knew that Mikel had a temper on him? He's banging and shouting and screaming. Of course he has. Right? You, you yeah. see, he, he was going to beat up um, Klopp, wasn't he? So of course he's got a temper on I him. I didn't want to um, say things about our Spanish friends, but they don't half have a temper on them. <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching a women's game now and they've been going yeah. absolutely mental. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Um, it reminds me a little bit like after I've put a message in the WhatsApp group and you lot haven't replied within within a minute. That's how, that's how Arteta was behaving. <laughs> um, about just quickly about all or nothing, then we're going to talk to do listeners' questions. So if you've got a question, put it in the chat right now. Um, I guess everyone's going to be watching it. Like it's going to be. I personally think it's going to be quite a good watch, and I think I've watched. I didn't watch the Spurs one because I'm not interested in Spurs, like no interest in them at all. I think I watched uh, the Juventus one and I watched, wasn't the first one on Netflix, but I don't think it was called All or Nothing. It was um, Sunderland. Sunderland. I die. Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. very, very good. Toe curling, but good. (laughs) Because they didn't expect all that stuff to happen, did they, Sunderland? They thought they would just go into League One and come straight back up. Sail, yeah. sail the league I will and, piss it. I mean, yeah. they must have known that they'd hired basically David Brent to be their chairman. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? They had those two players, didn't they? The, the ex, um, the ex uh, Everton player, uh, Jack Manswell. 
Yeah, he 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 did them. He did them dirty. And then they <laughs> and, had that uh, other player who was saving Aiden, their season. And he went, oh, "I'm fucking off now." They went, "What?" Aiden <laughs> then they had to pay all that money for someone. He thought, "Hold on, um, you got a third third tier yeah. team here paying what was it, eight or nine million pound for someone?" And we have to now. Yeah, um, that bloke fucked off to France, didn't he? Ned and Dong. Uh, oh, Josh Major, the striker, went to Bordeaux. Yeah, how did that work out? I don't know. Uh, not great, from what I remember. <laughs> not great. But yeah. Can someone uh, just go and sign up for that porn thing, please? And then so they <laughs> fucking leave us alone. <laughs> now there's 73 people watching, Carl. It's like the glory days off. of ABW again. <laughs> just wait till we, like I said, you know when we do the after game and we lose three little pilots on the first game yeah. of the season. With and no one. Post game, no, you know, no, no. Like, you, there'll be 300 people here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they love the misery. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be crazy. Um, the one thing I'm looking forward to on All or Nothing, just quickly, is I want to see who that training ground fight was between. Like, um, in the, in the, in the, I mean, I believe that there's training ground fights all the time. Like, yeah. I'm sure there is. And Wasn't it, it Suarez and, and somebody else? No, oh, I'm sure it came out at the time, didn't it? It came yeah. out at the time who the fight was, but I can't. Oh, I thought you meant the preseason one. I don't know. Someone no, the fight in the A- change room. Avon in the chat is saying Cedric and Lacquer. I didn't hear about this one. No, there was definitely yeah, one was that came one. out, wasn't there? Yeah, that was that. Yeah, Cedric. Cedric fighting him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a race to the. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's a race to the uh, to lunchtime. That's what it was. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, could get to the that. buffet first? <laughs> You're laughing a little oh. bit too much at that, Carl. <laughs> do you know what's funny? Like, like. Everything to do with our club at last season. I don't, don't want to talk ill of players that I've gone, but like I watched a little mini season review of um, someone done on YouTube, I think. And like I said, it was atrocious. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that. He was absolutely atrocious. Like, I think he got something like four goals in 20, is it 21 games? Um, two of those were penalties. One of those was wasn't a goal, which was a goal against Wolves when we scored that in the very last minute. Um, some of the chances that he missed, and I just, I know we're talking about what could have been, and there's no point, there probably is no point talking about that, but if we had just had Eddie, like, from beforehand, that like, even in, like, the Palace game, and if we started him now, because when we had that run of three games that we lost, was it Southampton... Um, Brighton and Palace, I believe, when we lost us three games in a row. I just think to myself, what might have been different if we had played Eddie in those games? Like, because just one of those games, just one win, we would have made top four and we didn't. Like, it was just uh, annoying. And, you know, I'm not going to put all the blame on, like I said, because it's a team game. Clearly, it is like blame has to go everywhere in the team. But, yeah, like I said, it was like just really bad, like, really really bad and it's just weird and then his first game uh, friendly game for um, Leon doesn't he scores like it's just it's just typical but did you see um, they played a friendly game and he was defending the corner and he let the guy literally just leave him and the guy scored a header like if that doesn't sum up like I said nothing will <laughs> But yeah, but anyway, Danny, do you want to start doing some questions? 
I'm just uh, trying to renew our fantasy football, just changing the password. Our password used to be Pat Rice and Peas. What a password that used to be. That was the last account that still had that. Well, it was a number after it as well. I'm not giving you all of our details. <clears throat> right. Um, questions. Josh, Jimmy H says, the signing of Jesus has been has been a player. Hold on. The signing of Jesus has a player been taken in by the fans so quick. Fucking hell, Jimmy, do me a favour. I'm struggling enough if it is. At least make yeah. it legible. <laughs> Go on, Jimmy. Uh, there could at least be a comma or a full stop in there to help yeah. Danny out. Let um, me breathe. I'm a fat bloke. Yeah, Can't do an a, entire sentence. Have we had a player come in that's had such a warm reception and been taken in by the fans so quickly? Not in memory i can't think of anybody coming in and having such a i think we've been so desperate for it as well um i can't think of another player i don't know if anyone else can um, i think when, um, when we signed the bama yang i think that was mm. uh he loved it and the last one before that's probably meza ozil um so when we signed ozil everyone loved that like it's just the the build-up i guess they um that when we signed it but i think Definitely Aubameyang. When he came in, everyone loved it. And then he scored in his debut, didn't he? So, yeah. and then everyone was like, oh my God, like, Aubameyang, he's what we've been looking for for ages and ages and ages. Yeah, I think yeah. Formula Knows has come in with Alexis. Maybe he has another one. Definitely Alexis. And people were well overhyped about Ozil as mm. well, like you're saying. Um, right, next question for you, Carl, from Jimmy. See if he's put this one so I can read it. Again, Maybe you need a new phone, Jimmy, because there is no full stops, commas, or punctuations at all. Ready? With the club charging to watch the pre-season games yet against Everton, it was free on their site. Why do we mug them fans off so much as a club? So basically, why Arsenal charging to watch pre-season games? Money, Jimmy, is basically what it is. The club need money, and they know that player uh, people are going to pay money to watch the games. Kind of like when Sky were charging during the pandemic to watch these shitty games. Um, they were charging oh like 12 God, remember that. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, they were charging 12 99 to watch something like... <laughs> Know, yeah, it was, a, it was a Burnley. It was like a Burnley, yeah. Everton, nothing we, game. We had, we had one of those games as well. Yeah, didn't we have two and of we them? We lost. We lost yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Burnley, I think I remember it was like Burnley West Brom. Yeah, on they Friday night, and I think six game, people. Like. I think six people bought it, and they were all <laughs> in the same place. It's, uh, but yeah, um, it's guy. it's all about money, um, Jimmy. That's what it is. But um, allegedly, this is uh, again. I know no knowledge of this, but someone tells me that if you go on Twitter at the time of the game. Uh, there are certain um, people on Twitter that have the game and stream it. Again, allegedly, this is not this is what I've heard. Um, we don't it, we don't um, condone it either, do we, Carl? No, 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 no. But what I'll do because I'm so against it. If I'm still up, what I'll do is I'll retweet it. Um, and you know, you shouldn't watch this. That's what I'll say. So yeah, um, hopefully, but, I hope I will see it. I think the point he makes there about Everton giving it away for free just makes a mockery of, of what Arsenal did. So you're telling the fans to pay for it, but Everton are giving it for free. So I'd just say, oh, no, I'm, why would I bother to... 
Everton's just got lots of hits that day. They probably never their website's never been hit that much in a day before. Um, but to be, I, I don't know why they're doing. It. I mean, I guess they think even if a hundred people pay for it, it's a hundred whatever how much six hundred pound more than they would have had last week. Um, Who's commentators on there? Oh, it's the Arsenal ones is really not oh, good. Either. It's just yeah. paying, paying for Dave Hillier. Don't say awful. He's brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the Arsenal ones are fantastic. The best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Next question. I can get rid of this one. And uh, hopefully this one's got punctuation. No. Uh, Femi from Harvey. Do you guys think we're after Yuri Tielemans or will he go to Man United? I have a clue, mate. It, it seems... Ben Jacobs is a journalist, isn't he? I think he's the Times or something like that. He is adamant, like absolutely. He basically he's the AFC Bell of this season when it was party party. AFC Bell said, "Don't worry, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to." And everyone was like, even to the last day, everyone was like, "Oh, you stupid account, delete your account, <laughs> get lost." And, and I think it's pretty much the same thing with this, where I think it's one of those ones that it's exactly like the party deal, where Arsenal know they've got everything lined up and they can pull the trigger at any time whatsoever. And it's exactly like party. We all thought this guy's lying. Party is not coming. So there was not even a whisper until deadline day when it was like. Oh yeah, Arsenal have gone to the whatever La Liga and slapped down the forty-five million on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and Athletic I do with his breath with his briefcase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our, our, our Athletic are upset because Arsenal didn't give them a chance. I think it's. Wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't give Leicester a chance to to sign anyone and we just did uh, it on the last day? <laughs> I have now... Edu just comes in, leaves all the crumbs from his barbecue because he's come in with barbecue sauce <laughs> all over his face, and he's it just left shirt, with his, yeah. yeah with a blue shirt covered in barbecue sauce. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, whatever. Twenty million done because he suddenly got a Cockney accent. So like... I've, I've renewed the fan, the, yeah. the ABW Fantasy Football League and the secret ABW uh, ABW Members Fantasy League. I've quit fantasy I'm not, football. I'm not, I'm not doing, doing it. it. You're banned, Femi. Full of Spurs uh, yeah, I'm players. I'm not doing it. Ellis is banned. Do you know what I was going to do? Femi's banned. Gonna, I was going to have two teams, but I just thought this ring just is just... Now, did you know I can't that be bothered now, season. Yeah, I can't be bothered. It's too expensive to sort out a team and they've expensive? just made it too... Yeah, they've just made it harder and harder, and I just can't be bothered with all that. This doesn't cost anything, um, does it? No, I mean in terms of players, no, buying players, players. Oh, I can't I be bothered to try and figure out all this stuff. And you, you notice that they're they're trying to make it like a proper. They've you can get the you know the calendar thing like you get with Arsenal, where yeah. it, it updates. Yeah, now they've got one for that, so it tells you when the, the you've well, got when to you set your team. Oh, by, no, that, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to do it, but like I'm, I do you know what? It's when I remember. It genuinely, that's yeah, what it I'm, is. Like I'm I usually do it Saturday mornings, unless it's a like Friday night game, which the first game in the season I probably forget. Like, um, but yeah, I usually do it on a Saturday morning. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I've got to do my fantasy football, uh, and then do it then. But I forget after, after a week. You just no, make a team season, of every ex uh, ex yeah. player in it, and then you just leave it. I just did random players for ours, and we've got um, uh, Danny Welbeck in ours. 
I'll just pick players at random and bang he's in. Midfield, I think. I don't know. All right, let's move on to another question from Phil Macker for Josh. Who plays more games at left-back next season, Tierney or Zinchenko? Oh, <laughs> um, Is this the question of which, who's the better player or how injured will Tierney get this season? Mix and match a bit of both. Um, well, I mean, I want to be positive. I really do. Um, no, Tierney is fit for 38 Premier League games. Uh, but realistically he won't be Uh, so I think it will be close let's put it that way I think we could see an evil even split Um, but part of me does also suspect that Zinchenko may play more in midfield Um, Danny I've got a question for you are you tired of being alone Um, because someone (laughs) in the chat will help you Oh hello, yes I am. We'll oh, come out with four, four this time. Not even not even <laughs> I never thought I'd see a grown oh. man, Jimmy, put more porn on Steam. It should be Ooh, more porn. It's like Homer Simpson at the donut bar. Mmm, more donuts. <laughs> so the whole the whole we've had three for all. Three and now he's coming back. He's coming back with a vengeance. Yeah. They are bloody determined. I mean, maybe we should just go and have a look and see what they're offering. Can we get you some could... kind of um, um, kind of a voucher deal going where we all get fifty percent off forever? <laughs> no, people ignore that. It's filth. I nearly sent. I nearly tweeted an invite to our, our APW only one for fuck's sake. Oh dear, Danny, having a mess. <sighs> Can't get the can't get the staff, Josh. Right, where were we? Um, so you've answered that one, so I can un- unhighlight that. Get rid of this, uh, Carl. Question from Jimmy's busy man tonight. He says, "Will it be 10, 20, 20, 25, 25, 30 mil that we get for Pepe, and will he go down as the biggest flop in Arsenal history?" Fucking hell, <laughs> that's, a, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Um, personally, I think we get ten to twenty. I, I can't see, like Josh and Femi have alluded to, there's no money in Europe. And he's not exactly pulling up trees um, last season, so people are going to want him. So I can't see us getting more. I personally think it's going to be 15 million that we get for him. And that's even then, I personally think whatever club he goes to will be paying part of his wages when he leaves. But we will never know that. Um, but yeah, that's what I think will happen. Uh, biggest flop in Arsenal history. Who? probably only for the price tag. I think there's been worse players than him in, in, in Arsenal. William Gallas, flipping awful, awful, awful player for Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, there are much worse players that play for Arsenal. But because Nicholas of the price tag, Oh, definitely, 100%. <laughs> I um, think there's nothing worse than William. I, I can't think of many. Yeah, there's William as well. Like, there's so many players Ooh, who... Jeff play is a good just, one. Fanny Jeffers, ten back then, like nine. We paid nine, mm. ten million for him, and that's a that's a big price tag. Um, Seven point five, but yeah. yeah like, um, again, even even Reyes, uh, rest in peace. Dibinio. Reyes was a, a bit of a for the price. Reyes he was, was just kind of. He was a warm weather yeah. superstar. First half of the season and the last part of the season, he was a genius. The middle part, no, yeah. ain't having any of that. Javinho, like again, he. I watched a, I watched a highlight with Javinho and I remember there were I think it was against Chelsea where 
he rounded the player, the goalkeeper, and missed an open goal. I just, I can kind of remember watching the game thinking, <laughs> I can't believe how, yeah, Bradford. I remember that game as well. Did we get knocked out on penalties that game, or did we yeah. lose that game? And I remember thinking, who the f- is he doing this? On? I remember thinking he's doing this on purpose because he was, he wasn't just bad. He was awful. Like, I think the best thing Javinho did in an Arsenal shirt was punch Jimmy, but uh, Jimmy, uh, Joey Barton. Not Jimmy Villard. That was on his debut, wasn't he? He got sent off for punching Joey Barton. Yeah. People have, worse, have had worse debuts. Yeah. I've put our fantasy um, football in the, in the, the chat box, people. So I'm fucking, I'm it, doing a show. I'm producing it and I'm sorting out the bloody thing, Carl. Do, you do I get medal? You, you should have done the fantasy You could have done the fantasy football outside of this podcast, Danny. Oh, exactly. Thank you, Thank you. I don't know why he's moaning. Like, you know, this is why I don't for Femi. <laughs> Femi, oh. Jimmy says, over the years, Stan has been accused of not, not, inv- is that double negative, not, not investing. Now, since he's 100%, can we get off his back as now as he clearly is investing or let, he's fucking winding me up or letting <laughs> us spend. You know what? I was, is, I was, yeah, I, I, I get the gist of it. I, do you know, I was thinking about the Cronkies today. I was thinking, Imagine a year where we're in America. We haven't even heard about them. Did they attend the game? Are they attending the game tonight? We don't even know. And to be honest, no one cares. Yeah, I mean, a couple America. of years ago, when we went to America. Stan was getting booed by the American <laughs> fans. You know, it's it, how things to and and Josh was coming out with interviews saying, "Oh, be excited, be very excited," and all of this was all around the last trip to America. And this time, who, who do we know whether they're even at the games? No one cares. Is Stan attending the game in Orlando tonight? Yeah. You think I don't so? think Stan will go. I think um, Josh. probably Josh will go. But I, don't I mean, surely he must be able to attend the game in, I mean, where, where in his backyard. He's too busy polishing that Super Bowl trophy. Oh, He's yeah. got to get Stanley, that Stanley, high shoe. Stanley Cup as well. Stanley and Cup. the lacrosse one. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, there you yes. go. So they're winners now. They want it. Maybe they want to be winners with Arsenal. Let's... Well, that's the first time in American sports history that someone, uh, an ownership, has owned the um, the NHL and the NFL trophy at the same time. Uh, there you go. So maybe they'll get the Europa League trophy as well to to add to that. And it'll be the oh, first nice. time in history that someone's had the NFL, <laughs> the NHL, and the Europa <laughs> League. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I can't see the Rams winning the Super Bowl again. <laughs> yeah, as I say, by the time the UEFA yeah. League trophies on, the March it's finished. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but the League Cup, though, Femi, there's still time. Oh, there, uh, you go. there is. There you go. <laughs> um, oh, here we go, Carl. One to make you sad. Um, from Phil Mecca. What well, is one decent question of the night? Have City let us take Zinchenko and Jesus as long as we sell them Saka for 120 million? Because there is. A sack of size hole at Man City, isn't there? there is, I said it on the last podcast, I think there is. But um, if you look at if you um, look at Arteta's last interview, he said, "Well, he said, don't be don't be worried. Like um, it's all in hands. I think or something to those effects uh, he used. So I believe that they've obviously been talking to Saka about his contract, and maybe they're just wanting to sign it." when they get back or maybe it's already been signed and they're going to announce it when right after we lose the first England. three games of the season yeah yeah you know you need a feel good factor um, yeah. and maybe it's been signed but you know am I if the contract's not been signed am I worried about that sucker contract yes 100% I am 100% worried about it 
because after this season, he's got one more year left of his contract, I think. Um, and that is the worry. And I know that last time he was on the pod, Danny, I think you remember, there was people talking about, should you pay him, like, copious amounts of money? I mean, at the moment, I think he's on about 30 grand, isn't he, like, a week? And I know that like, loads of us would love to be on 30 grand a week, but in footballing terms, it's you not... You really are. Especially... It's a, it's a pay cut for you, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> That's why you're going on strike. <laughs> I wish I was going on strike. Like, oh, <laughs> I want to, but um, in all seriousness, like, surely he looks at people like Pepe and thinks, how are you getting paid more than me? Um, and he looks at Emil Smith-Rowe, like, how are he, he's getting paid more than me? You know, people talk. So he knows his worth. So for me, you know, if you give Saka 100,000 a week, 150,000 a week, I don't think that's too much. As long as you sign him up again to a a five-year contract with an option, uh, which will be great for us personally. He should probably be the second second or third best paid player at the club based on his status right now. And I don't care how much that is to put him on that figure. I think that's just the way that I'm now deciding to speak about wages is I don't care if it's a hundred grand or 200 grand. It's about status within the club. And right now I think he's our third best player. So he should be paid less than Jesus and less than Partey. And that's it. No one else should be paid more than him. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think he should probably be on par with um, Jesus. I think Jesus is on what? I think they're talking about 250, I think it is, or something along the lines. Mm -hmm. Um, but then don't you see a problem with that though not not just in general because every yeah. time a player you said he, he gets his every time a player gets to two years on their contract you start panicking yeah. and putting more money on the table if if he goes to 200 grand a week at age 20 let's say he signs a five-year deal that means yeah. age 23 he's back at the negotiating table what's he going to be on 400 grand at age, age 23 there's there's got to mm. be a some sort of like, I think I guess that's all the stuff that that goes on in negotiations yeah. that take so long. But I think he'll sign probably when beginning of the season, end of the near the end of the transfer window. You know, if it gets towards January, I, I just don't want the rumours to start. I hate when our big players are, you know, start getting linked with other clubs. I used to hate that with you know in the Cess Nasri, the uh, Van Persie days. That that stuff just gives you that anxiety man um there's a question here you can have this one josh from uh, josh robinson sent it via twitter so i've cut and pasted it into our chat and um, josh robinson 87 on the mighty twitter says news tonight that brighton are in talks with us for getting Tavares on loan for the season we've already covered that what why does this make so much sense and why does it spell the end for tyranny i'll let you answer that oh uh i think Tavares would come back a lot better player for spending time on loan at Brighton. Um, I think just look at Kukurea. No one was sniffing around him coming out of Spain. Brighton picked him up for 12 million and set to, what, flip him for a £38 million profit, maybe even more, because they're not taking less than 50, 50 million for him from City. So I think there's definitely, um, it'll be a good, good option for him. Uh, and he'll kind of have a clear run it would be between him and Solly March for who's playing left wing back. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely... It wouldn't spell the end for Tierney this season, but when he comes back, we'll have a stronger left back as an option. Um, 
Yeah, so I would be, I'd be intrigued. The only thing I would caveat it with is a player playing left wing back is a very different thing to an actual left back. Um, I'm sure anyone who, um, I suppose, watches any Premier League football, would you have Tarek Lamptey playing right back versus him playing right wing back? It's a very different proposition. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's... Sorry, get Danny. Do you mean that he's going to have to be more strict with his positional discipline? As a left back, yeah. As a left wing back, you've you know that you've got two at least two defenders behind you, probably three on the cover, as well as a midfielder that's going to sit in as well and probably sweep up for you. But yeah, um, anything Arsenal can do to keep sweet with Brighton, so we can go and pick up Alexis McAllister and uh, Caicedo next summer, then yeah, I'm happy to do it. You've been obsessed with him for a couple of seasons now, haven't you? Oh, McAllister, I do. Where does he play? What's his, who would he replace? Uh, it'd be instead of Tielemans, uh, instead of Xhaka, instead of anybody who isn't basically the player that plays next to Odegaard in our uh, single pivot. Uh, but he's also, right now, uh, or sorry, at the end of the season, he was playing where Basuma played. So he was sweeping. Um, but yeah, the Carcedo, that kid will be on everybody's lips by the end of the season. Um, gives absolute gravy and costs absolutely bugger all. But yeah. Right. Lovely. Question for you, Femi, from Mark. Says, if we only bought one more player, we can all answer this. If you only bought one more player, who would you want? A midfielder or a striker? Or any other oh, position? Well, for me, you're going to laugh, but I want a Goalkeeper. Midfielder. <laughs> yeah, another one. Yeah, <laughs> no, we've got runners, and don't be silly, Danny. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, for me, I want a midfielder because I think, and I've always said, the last few years, Arsenal's midfield has been the biggest issue. We just there's just something lacking in that midfield, and I like the idea of a Yuri Tillemans or a um, uh, is it Paqueta? That that's that's where I would go. Just, just slap that money on the table. And get one. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, one of those two. Jesus. So, yeah, you put yourself on mute, Carl. I thought you were a professional podcaster. It's <laughs> <laughs> the hay fever type. It's one off now. Yeah, central midfield for me. Uh, Carl? Uh, for me, it's got to be a winger. Someone who can um, interchange with Saka because I don't want him playing every single game next season so we need a right winger and someone that can kind of play on the wing and play up front as well because I, I still think that um, I think that Jesus and Eddie are too similar of a player so I like someone tall but you don't really get tall wingers do you uh, that's the thing Pepe is Pepe tall? 6 or 2 isn't he? no yeah, no, oh yeah. Is he? Uh, when I normally when I see him, I'm crying. So I don't know You're what he looks down, like. Uh, he is one point eight three meters. Yeah, so it's about six. Yeah, six one six two. Jeez, didn't know he's yeah. Look it. He isn't a diminutive playmaker. That's why we're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> There's no it's height anybody. restriction to get into the dressing room. Arteta's cut it right down. If you're above five foot ten, you're not coming in. How about you, Josh? Who do you want? Um, I was just trying to list out all of our uh, 
all of our options in midfield to work out whether or not we were still uh, still light there. Um, and I guess I probably want another midfielder as well. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of difficult for what that midfielder would do. But again, we know that Eddie isn't the best in build-up play. I expect him to get better with having Jesus as an option for him. Um, but we've also got Martinelli, who I think can fill in as that striker role. So I'd want to bring in just as much creativity into that side. And basically for us to have the problem where, you know, where we were just going, oh, Lacazette, you know, we don't create enough chances for him as well as he's not taking the chances we do give him. We need to be creating more chances and I want no excuses for our strikers to not be scoring. Um, so for me, that's creating uh, or adding more and more creativity into that midfield. So yeah, bring on the diminutive playmakers. I want a bastard. I want that big fucker from Swasolo. One, he looks like Giroud can do stuff. And Gianluca Scamacca, even his name sounds like someone who's going to come and slit your throat in your sleep. Um, I want him. He's six foot, six foot five, six foot five, 23 years old, banging in goals at all kind of levels. And it looks like it's someone who you're not going to fuck with. Of course, when, when, when we need a, a tattooed mentalist, when Xhaka goes, so him, and I think that's the one thing we'd be missing. That'd be great. Bring him on took 20 minutes to go and then, uh, smashing some goals. I, I think we just need someone up front like that. Because uh, we have so many crosses from from Tierney in the three games a season that he plays, and on the other side, just popping in these crosses, another dimension to our game. Because uh, I'm not sure Balogun's going to be great in the air, and I think that's what we do. Plus, I like I love a bastard. Like all men love a bastard. Like Mickey Flanagan once said. Uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah, so all the questions gone. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, just to say, everyone. Obviously, give us a like on YouTube. You know, we love it uh, completely. If you're listening on any other platform, uh, Spotify, give us a like. Apple Podcast, give us a like. Anywhere you're listening, just give us a like. It helps us immensely. Um, Josh, thank you. Uh, I'm sure you and I will be crying uh, at Arsenal when... um, when Zaha scores the 90th minute penalty uh, <laughs> against uh, Arsenal on, fri- on Friday uh, when we played him. What? Is, well, hang on, what? We're playing on Friday? It's Friday. <laughs> this, not this, no, no, no. Not this Friday. The Friday we played him. Is it like two weeks? Oh, gave, he gave Josh a heart. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was just <laughs> thinking, I was like, shit, do I have to be at the Amex next weekend? <laughs> no, it's like two yeah, weeks, isn't it? Two like, weeks away. Uh, yeah, yeah two it's the first Friday. weekend of August. Um, yeah I'm sure we'll be breaking it down um, there'll be the ABW live inevitably um, unless Chris gets on with his manifesto um, I'm sure we'll be there to help him out <laughs> um, just a quick question to everyone one word answer um, with the current squad we've got now like with the squad we have right now where do you think Arsenal finish in the league quick fire Josh above Spurs obviously cheeky um, Danny? Third. Femi? Fourth. Carl? Fourth. Femi finished fourth. I've still got the video of you lot fucking up your predictions from last season. We need to get that sorted. I've done it. Did it months ago. Just need to get you on and play you a kind of like water torture. (laughs) 
indeed. Um, Femi, thank you for hopping on. We will see each other not next Saturday, this Saturday after at the Seville yes. game. Yes, yes, yes. Hold on, you're meeting up again. Ellis What's going is there on here? As well. First, yeah, I, I find out you've been in you've been in one of Carl's many motors. Did he let you sit in the front? Did he let you play with the stereo and things? <laughs> what the? F- Carl, Josh I, in my car? I have. Oh, yeah, maybe Carl, it's Josh. It was me. Carl told me to leave him a five star review after I left. <laughs> after I, <got> out. <laughs> I knew it was one of you had been in his car. I bet he drives like an absolute lunatic. He drives it like it's on rails. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> I'm not thanking you because you have to be here because this is your podcast. So, yeah. You keep saying that. People ain't going to listen to me me on my own. Thank you much for hosting, Carl, and organising it. Do you remember when Chris did two shows? Last season, he did about six pre-season shows. This season, he did two before he got bored. Fucking Jurassic Park. Once once Shaka gets sent off, you know, he's going to want to come in with an emergency (laughs) podcast. Um, No, it'll be the Saliba loving first. It'll be the Saliba loving. Oh, yeah, when he scores the the header, you know, Mm. in the... um, against 95th minute yeah yeah to win the game against crystal palace i'm sure he'd be like i told you i told you and then um i'm sure get football get french football um will be saying saliba is gonna go to psg yeah yeah i'm sure they'll tweet that (laughs) um do you know maybe laugh that their website went down or something like that and then I saw the replies. If you read the replies, it's so funny. Everyone was saying, oh, you're not going to tweet about Saliba. I said, you can't tweet about Saliba. It's fucking hilarious. Like, people on Twitter really do make me laugh. Like, it's, it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Everyone, we will be back. Uh, I don't know when. Probably I can't do next week, that's for sure. So uh, I leave that to Danny to scream and shout at people to organise a podcast. Uh, and hopefully Arsenal... Well, when you're listening to this, Arsenal have won against uh, Orlando. And, yeah, Jesus gets a hat-trick and so does Saka. And hopefully Matt Turner gets a hat-trick as well. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care, everyone. And bye-bye. And as always, hashtag fuck this. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>